Quality Matters brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. And we have a guest on today. We have Chris Earl. What are you looking at me for? Oh, I was checking the sound. Your level was a little lower than I thought it should okay. be. We have Chris <laughs> Earl, who is the North American Regional Manager of Gyro Data Incorporated. Got it all. That's correct. Um, so what? let's just start real simple with what do y'all do? In today's do? global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Let's just start real simple with what do y'all do? So Gyro Data is a company that specializes in downhole wellbore sensor technology. Mm-hmm. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> now this is something we're, Alexa is fascinating to me. We're gonna have to, to simplify me, that for me. <laughs> okay, so basically what we do, the the simplest way that I can put it, it would be a, a downhole GPS system. Okay. So that way we can map wellbores mm-hmm. and tell the operators or the drilling company with the highest degree of precision possible, exactly where that well is below the surface of the of the earth. Okay. See, people think about, you know, drilling, that they're just popping a hole in the ground, and it's like it's a very non-scientific process, but right. it's incredibly detailed. It has become much more detailed over the last 15, 20 years yeah. with, you know, the advent of horizontal drilling and then going into the unconventional resources where you have to frack and mm-hmm. release a lot of hydrocarbon from tight formations. You have to be pretty precise exactly where you're putting that well board to get the maximum production out of the wells. Yeah, I mean, in the early days of, uh, you know, oil and gas, I mean, it was pretty much they're just giant pockets and pop it somewhere and get something out. But, you know, y'all are hitting, a, a you know, a lot more specialty kind of resources, you know, Absolutely. it's not the same high pressure that's right close to the surface. Absolutely. So y'all come in before they start drilling? No, we actually come in while during the drilling process. Okay. So typically what will happen is the operator of the drilling company will drill the vertical section of the well going straight down into the well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll do that. We'll come in maybe once or twice during that process to give them a, a more realistic idea of exactly where they're at so that they can then plan the rest of their well accordingly. Okay. So how, how deep are some of these holes that we're talking about? Oh, man. In, in North America, you know, right now we're reaching out three miles in laterals, and they're talking about going four miles. So, And that's on a, that's on a 10 or 12,000-foot vertical. So you're talking about getting 30,000, 35,000-foot drilled in some of these wells now. Oh, wow. wow. And, and how tight of a, a, a target do you all have to hit? Well, the geological target is usually, you know, fairly, fairly big, 120 by 300 foot, say. Um, so the, that target is is pretty big. But Is that the well itself? Is that what you're referring to as the geological target? Yeah, so they want, to, they want to get that well bore inside this zone mm-hmm. in this area, okay. right? So they've usually got 300, 350 foot laterally and 150 or 200 foot vertically to hit to get into the area that they want to produce. Okay. All right. Well, we had a list of topics to discuss. I guess we can start with the first one, survey quality. Okay. And I kind of end that with a question mark because I don't know where that's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, sur- so surveying is our business, right? Okay. We go out and we survey the wells so that 
the operators and the drillers can, like I said, get more precise on where they're hitting their targets. Mm -hmm. So we use several different instruments, and there's a lot of different instruments in the oil field that we don't perf uh, personally use in our company. Mm -hmm. But the, the type of sensor that we use, the gyroscope, is the most accurate sensor available in the world. Okay, so before we started recording, Kyle was saying, what were you saying? Oh, that the uh, the precision that y'all have to hit for these drills is tighter than the precision for launching something in the orbit oftentimes. Yeah, it is oftentimes. And, and one of the things about that is, is that sensors that we utilize, the gyroscopes, are actually the exact same sensors that the aerospace industry uses to make sure that they hit exactly on the target that they want to in the window where they're launching a ballistic missile or mm -hmm. uh, something into space or even on airplanes, you know, to make sure that they have the right tilt and angle and inclination that they're going. So Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's fascinating. So I guess real quick, uh, for we get kind of a weird wide variety of folks that listen. So what exactly is a gyroscope in, I guess, as simple language as possible? <laughs> okay, um, so a gyroscope is basically a, a spinning mass. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it spins so fast that it, we call it becomes unhinged or floats inside of its uh, probe, mm -hmm. right? So what happens is, is as the... Uh, well bore or the tool turns and moves up and down that spinning that mass is spinning so fast that it wants to maintain its exact spot it's going to stay pointing its exact, the exact orientation way, no matter what right so we measure the amount of force that it takes for that mass to correct itself and that tells us what the inclination and the azimuth or the direction uh, wow. of the wellbore is <laughs> it's really cool stuff <laughs> yeah and more recently we've come up with new technology as technology gets better you know we've been working on a new technology for about 10 years which is a solid state sensing uh gyroscope that doesn't use a spinning mass really yeah i haven't even heard about that yeah so they use the coriolis effect in the solid states where they're actually basically tuning forks on the end oh my gosh of it and those tuning forks move up and down or left and right we measure how far they move and how much it takes to correct that movement. And oh that's gosh. what tells us where the direction is. so this is. is all based on just the rotation of the Earth itself. It is. It's all oh, based wow. on the rotation of the Earth. So our tools take in latitude. We know exactly how fast the Earth spins at any given latitude. Right. So we use that as our main quality check, actually. We call it our delta Earth rate. <laughs> so the delta of the Earth rate that, the, that we know, the known Earth rate, and what our tool is sensing Right. Is our is our primary quality check. That's really cool. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, Darcy, I'll let you ask the next question because I'll go off on a whole weird geeky tangent you here go in a ahead. moment. I'm, my head is spinning a little bit like the gyroscope, I think. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a good way to, to think of a gyroscope is, is uh, like a top. When you spin mm -hmm. a top and it gets spinning so fast that it just stands straight up and it, mm -hmm. it's hard to move it and force it off of its axis. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the same theory behind it. So why are the why is the oil industry wanting to use these? I guess to not waste money drilling where they don't need to be drilling. That's one of the reasons. Historically, the the main survey instrument that's been utilized in the oil and gas industry for decades now is a magnetometer. So what it does is it senses the the magnetic force of the Earth, and then adjusts because the, we know that the magnetic force of the Earth in different areas is the same as well. It's a very stable reading calculation. Mm -hmm. The problem that's come with that is that as we've gotten, you know, as technology's advanced, we've identified that there are a lot of issues with that. So, you know, solar flares can create magnetic disturbances, okay. crustal anomalies within the earth, 
like pyrite and other types of, of chemicals and, and things that are naturally minerals. magnetic. Exactly. Yeah. They so they throw that sensor off, and you have to do a lot of calculations to correct the magnetics. Mm-hmm. With a gyro, you don't have to do any calculations <laughs> because it's it's uh, not interrupted at all by magnetic formations or magnetic mm-hmm. spikes or anomalies. That's really gotcha. cool. So what, uh, I guess, you know, kind of pegging off Darcy's question. So what would be some things that could go wrong if you're not hitting the target? Like, are we looking at just the cost to the, uh, to the producer here, or are we looking at other environmental issues that could happen? Like what are things that can go wrong if this well is not drilled exactly where it ought to be drilled? Yeah. There are several things that could go wrong, and you hit on two of them. So if you don't hit the exactly where they want to, then you're not going to have as good a production on the mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. it's not going to pay off as well. It's not going to be as productive of a well bore. Uh, the second thing is the environmental issues. We've, we have run across issues uh, you know, globally where um, a well bore will be drilled into a water basin or a river or yeah. something else, and then pollution and contamination occurs and there's an environmental cleanup and, and hazard there. Um, some of the other things is they can hit other well bores, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other well bores that are sitting out there mm-hmm. that may not have surveys on them because they were drilled in the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. Right. And so you can see it, but you don't know exactly where it is down hole. <laughs> and whenever you're trying to go around it, sometimes you can go right into it. Gotcha. So that can create a blowout situation where you've got, you know, oil and gas getting up to the surface, uncontrolled, uh, high pressure zones, things like that. Gotcha. Just always fascinates me how much goes into this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it is absolutely a science. I mean, you know, I, I hate that there is such bad publicity about the, uh, the oil and gas and energy industry as a whole. But folks don't realize the massive amount of technology and research and know-how that goes into making sure that things are taken care of and provided for properly. Absolutely. I, I mean, think because the general public only thinks of like, you know, the roughnecks or whatever. And I don't even know what those guys do that go out and pipeline or what, it, you know, I know yeah. a couple, I have a couple of friends whose husbands go out and work. They're gone for a couple of weeks, month, however long they're gone. They come home on the weekends or for a month or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I think most people think of when they think of the oil and gas industry and we don't realize, and of course we need those guys too yeah, to absolutely. do what they do and God bless them for leaving their families. Cause I wouldn't like it very much if that was Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different jobs in the oil field. That's one of the things that's always interested me about the, just the general oil field nature is you can work in this industry for 50, 60 years and always learn something Oh yeah, because there's so many different things out there. Yeah. But yeah, the, you were talking about the, the planning and ha- all that with the well bores. I mean, the amount of technology and planning that goes in, they average planning these wells for anywhere from nine to 12 months before they actually pick up the first stick and start drilling them. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a lot of technology, a lot of planning that goes into actually getting these well bores placed where they want them to be and in the correct zones. Yeah, I know um, my sister is an attorney and she does oil and gas corporate law. We had her on one time Mm -hmm. and uh just talked about she goes and tries to get the right of way i guess and the access and you know just another aspect that people don't really think about yeah and that's another thing that a lot of companies use gyroscopes for because they are so much more precise than the magnetic tools that we were talking about earlier you might drill a well with a magnetic tool and it says that you're exactly where you should be 
but the ellipse of uncertainty on a magnetic tool is oh, yeah. so big compared to a gyro that whenever we come back out with a gyroscope, we've had several instances where the operator is actually over their line. They're actually not even on their lease anymore, and they've had to plug back and drill a different well, oh, remediate no. that because they're producing, you know, formations that they don't have lease, so they don't have rights to. Oh wow! Then do you have to? I guess you would have to notify the other so landowner. So that depends on the, by the state. Actually, it's oh, it's a really? state by state requirement in Texas uh, specifically. We have the Railroad Commission that you know watches over all oil and gas activities so in texas it's actually the survey company's responsibility to file the survey and everything with the railroad commission and then they have their own engineers that go in and look at it in some other states that we work in texas wyoming north dakota things like that the operator is actually responsible for filing those surveys Mm. So you can see that maybe yeah. if they get a survey they don't like, maybe it's lost or right. something. <laughs> you know, that's one thing that people don't realize as well. Texas really has some of the strictest uh, laws and regulations on the books for these things. I mean, you know, to the average public, when you talk about Texas, no one thinks about strict environmental and regulatory compliance, but it's a different ballgame down here. It really is. And, and the Rover Commission does a great job um, as far as going out and enforcing the codes and making sure people are doing what they want to do. They have I, a ton of engineers on their staff that look at everything. I, I, it surprises me that you say the Railroad Commission. I didn't know that they were the overseers <laughs> of oil and gas in Texas. Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, I, and I'm really not sure the history as to why it's the yeah. Texas Railroad Commission. I know originally it was probably a land issue because they have – right-of-ways for their railroads and things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I don't know why they govern, they're the governing body for this type yeah. of survey, but, yeah, that's who Well, I that's mean, it's, it's, it's all involved in transportation. I mean, just think about the massive volumes of uh, petrochemicals that are flowing through pipelines through the state. Yeah. I mean, you don't see, uh, you know, railroad tracks like right. it, you know, it used to be 50 years ago, right? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's real, real fascinating stuff. Now, you talked about horizontal drilling. Yes. So this is a term I think everyone's kind of heard before, but let's talk a little bit about what really is horizontal drilling. Why would you need to drill sideways? seems like you just drill a hole into the ground, pop it in the ground, get what you need. Yeah, and, and historically that worked for a really long time where we were talking about the high-pressure oil mm-hmm. zones and pockets that are under the ground. Mm-hmm. The vertical drilling aspect works well for those. Um, over the years, as we've kind of depleted those resources or they've gotten less and less, we've identified that, it's a much more efficient wellbore. If, if you can imagine uh, like a, a cake, a, a three or four layer cake, mm-hmm. and the middle layer is the layer where the oil and gas is. If you put two or three straws down through that, you know, you've got maybe a 10,000 foot wellbore that you can only get three or 400 foot of production out of. Okay. Whereas if you can drill a horizontal straw through that 300 foot, then that entire 10,000 foot of wellbore is now producible wellbore. Hmm. So how, uh, you know, on these uh, horizontal drills, how far do y'all go horizontally through the ground? So it started off pretty short, you know, a one mile lateral, 5,000 foot lateral was pretty standard 10 years ago. Uh, It's been bumped up and bumped up. And like I said, now we're doing 15 and 20,000 foot laterals. So three and four mile laterals. That's pretty cool. That's cool. And so the gyro is still used in these horizontals as well as verticals and everything. Yeah, we're we're applicable in, in every situation. We can you know survey the well to make sure they're where they want to be before they kick off and start going uh, horizontal. We can follow them through the curve to make sure they land that horizontal exactly where they want, and we can be in their drilling BHA 
the entire way out if oh, really? they want to. Yeah, if they want to make sure that they're putting that well bore exactly where they want to at the very toe of the well, then we can be in that as well. So we help them while they're drilling the well, or we can survey after they drill the well. It's really up to them. However, whatever fits their program the best. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. So have y'all been involved in any situations where, like, you come in to do the survey and you find out that whoever was here before would completely miss the mark? Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> no, no additional details we get, but uh, no, I imagine yeah. it's it's uh, it's quite the mess to figure out. I mean, and, and the expense involved in this stuff. I it mean, it's is. Just, it's insane. Yeah, it's, it's insane. actually one of our one of our more utilized services is recovery, right? So um, they'll get off, they'll get going in the direction they think they are, and then they'll change tool types uh-huh. and realize that there was either a gross error in the first tool or there's one in this tool. So we have to go in and verify, okay, which tool's right. And that's where we really get into a lot of situations where it's like, well, yeah, your first tool, unfortunately, was the one that was wrong. So right. now you're 30 foot too low or 30 foot too high or you're going the wrong direction. <laughs> and do they have to report that to the railroad commission or somebody? I don't somebody think they have happens? to report it as long as they remediate it. So as long okay. as they fix it, then they don't have to report it. But the fixing it can be very expensive. Right. So you have to cement all that well bore back and start again. And now you've got more days on the well. And these drilling rigs cost thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a day. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's crazy. And then, you know, all the manpower involved and the engineering that went into it, it's just all yeah. scrap. Yeah. Yeah. So what else you got, Darcy? Well, I'm just thinking about things that get hidden or not talked about because <laughs> it's so expensive. They you know. Yeah. But, I mean, that's where tools like this are incredibly useful. So how do you verify the accuracy of these gyros? I mean, you say that's where you're going, but how do you know? Yeah, so we actually have a very, very robust calibration technique for our tools. Um, And one of the things that makes Day the most precise gyroscope company in the world is our calibration techniques and processes. So our tools are calibrated in a master calibration stand, which we've built and designed um, and written all the software for it's fully robotic it's fully automatic it calibrates the tools on every inclination every azimuth and across all temperature ranges mm-hmm. because we also know that as metal heats up whenever it's down hole which mm-hmm. is what the spinning mass is made of mm-hmm. the properties of that metal change so you have to take those adjustments into you account. You have to take those adjustments ah, into account as well. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. And so um, after we run every well, we come out, we do a roll test on the tools. Uh, we do it before we go in the well as well. So that's part of our quality <laughs> process. We roll test before we go in the well. We roll test when we come out of the well. We compare those roll tests against each other and then against the master calibration report as well. And we have tolerances set up that if they're out of tolerance, then the tool has to go back in and get recalibrated in the master calibration stand. And then you've got uh, evidence, you know, before and after where it was at. And so that gives you the certainty that you did hit the mark you were looking Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Well, you got anything else here, Darcy? I know. It's very cool. This is. This stuff is fascinating. It's just, it's amazing the uh, the technology and the ingenuity and the know-how that goes into this industry. And again, I think folks just see it as, you know, uh, just someone popping a hole in the ground and getting dirty and nasty. And yeah. it is so much more than that. It really is. It really is. Very high technical industry at, at this point. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Now, anyone that wants to get in touch with you guys, wants to learn more about what you do, how can they How can they find you? 
Yeah, go on the website. It's www.gyrodata.com. Okay. And uh, you can learn about what we do, all the different tools that we utilize, what makes us different from our competition, yep. how we can help you drill the best well out there. And you're not just in the United States. No, we're a global company. We are we have 47 offices around the world. Oh, wow. Um, so we split that into four regions. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're ready to take care of uh, any major basin out there that we can work with. Kyle here with Quality Matters. It is no surprise to any of you that listen that I am passionate about quality and quality management systems. There is so much good that can be done in our country, in our economy, in our communities by implementing these ideas. If you feel passionately about this as well, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone you know that could benefit from understanding or knowing that others feel passionately about quality and quality management and the good that it can do for us.